The His Girl Friday podcast is brought to you in part by Messenger Fellowship, living the kingdom, fulfilling the call, proclaiming the truth. How's it going, everyone? This is yours truly, Cameron Fry, coming at you. It's a Saturday night, September 25th, 2021, falls in the air. It's a great day to be alive. Boy, there's a lot to talk about. I got to check my log and see when I last posted one of these pods. I want to say I haven't posted anything on the audio wave since my fourth baby uh, jubilee, Nalene Fry, came into the world back on Saturday, August 21st. And that ties into the absence. I know some of you are faithful listeners wondering where I've been. And well, I've been in the queue almost every day for the past five weeks. I talk about a joy ride. I don't mean it's been marked by joy, but it's fitting Jubilee's name. It compels me to see the trials and the tribulations, the turbulence in recent weeks. Seeing it through God's lens and through his perspective, the Jubilee narrative is has been one of challenge. And I wrestled with the why. You know, why, Lord, have you entrusted us with another child so soon? This wasn't in the plans. And then suddenly, Liz is hospitalized, going back to, I believe, Friday, August 13th. She's hospitalized for preeclampsia symptoms, and you know I'm scrambling as a dad trying to lead a household of three, trying to merge lifestyles with Lissa's fam, and there's just been a lot of moving parts. Been living out of suitcases and duffel bags again for well, gosh, going on six weeks now. We knew that something was wrong. The first day we knew something was wrong was Tuesday, August 3rd. And then 10 days later, Liz was admitted. And then eight days later, that's when Jubilee came. So only 18 days between when we realized something was wrong to babies coming early, three months ahead of her Thanksgiving due date. And there's going to be another episode down the road later this fall with Liz and I tag team. We share some raw emotion lessons learned, some... Inspired charges for you because I know that while some of you are not in the childbearing season, you're not bound by medical uncertainties, you're facing similar trials of magnitude. And each narrative, each story is different. There's going to be a time to unpack all of this in greater detail. But just wanted to offer that as context. Why have I been absent? Well, I've been writing, and tonight I'm going to talk about the Jubilee journey a little bit and at least preview some of the lessons I've been learning lately. I posted a vlog update Labor Day weekend and that did buy me some time in terms of not having to pod. So I have been creating content. It's just been, again, an entirely different rhythm. I miss my house. Uh, I miss the my bed. I miss a lot of the former rhythms, but having to adjust to a new one in light of the circumstances you know, you just have to wear God's perspective. You have to don it. You have to choose to see life through it as a go-to grid. The inconveniences pale in comparison to God sustain this life. Jubilee, 
you entrusted us with a fourth. We didn't ask for a fourth. We weren't trying to have a fourth, but the challenge has really... I've been stretched and I've grown as because of it. And I thank the Lord every day for the opportunities to expand my character and being able to trust in Him in a fresh way like I've never had before. And so, again, this is a a prologue of sorts. And I'm just going to talk for five, ten minutes about how the past seven weeks has mirrored the past 18 months. And this is inspired by a quote that I heard from the current pastor of Christ Presbyterian Church in Nashville, Tennessee. His name is Scott Sauls. And I discovered a blog post that he wrote last December, and it really resonated with me. And it's still true today. And I apologize. I, I wasn't planning on cutting this, but I really feel like it's important to discuss together how we troubleshoot during the fire as we're walking through it a lot of times we talk about how to troubleshoot in hindsight how to pick up the pieces how to pick up ourselves after a fall sometimes we fall during the fire and we have to keep going how do we do that easier said than done for me it especially you know in recent months it's been the worst of times or rather the first of times, take your pick. I mean, either apply. And as a culture, as a society, we've certainly been there the last year and a half. And no one could have foreseen just how exhausting and unprecedented this season was going to be. And I know for me, it's it's been a unique mix of trials and turbulence lately. And one of the passages that I've been focused on is Second Corinthians 12, 7 through 10 been really captivated by this passage and this statement spoken by, it was Scott Saul's blog post, but it was really, it traces back to um, a quote from Joe Novinson, and he says, the feel of faith is not strength, but dependent weakness. The feel of faith is not strength, but dependent weakness. Just let that sink in a little bit. I've never heard the term dependent weakness. In fact, I can't recall a phrase with dependency in any form tied to weakness so closely. It's a remarkable association to me. Because as mentioned, this Jubilee journey, it's been the epitome of humbling. In all sincerity, words can only go so far in capturing, as I described earlier, a joyride. Jubilee's name compels me to call it as such. It's left me memorized, wrestling with the scale of God's strength and sovereignty amidst the chaos. And listen, I, we haven't been perfect, but we've been doing some things right. We've prayed together. We pray at the NICU. We pray over our, our we, we pray over Jubilee when we're there. We declare God's truth, his original design, his intent, restoration, healing. There's a checklist that we approach. We even obtained prayers from, audio prayers from friends near and far, colleagues, mentors, and we play them when we're there. So we really do believe that something is unlocked spiritually when we prophetically declare, when we pray and exhort, and we pull in 
unified heart cries of the saints together during hard times. The more Liz and I have endured and persevered, the more we've been able to take, rather taste God's providence and assurance. In other words, to the extent we've anchored our trust in him and, and we've declared that as a banner, to that extent we've been able to mutually rely on God in use and even harmony. Now, harmony, maybe not when we describe that this brand of harmony, not what you're accustomed to seeing or hearing, but it's as far as it be with us, we are going to choose joy in the situation. It's hard, it's unnatural, it's a unique paradox. But we're going to ride the comfort. We're going to allow ourselves to be comforted by God's tender heart, His love, His grace, His mercy, who He is. And when we find ourselves riding, you know, keeping our head above the water and we're not succumbing to anxiety and fear, we're going to worship. We're going to celebrate that as a win. And we're going to do it together. And that's kind of what I mean by harmony in this context. We're more at peace than what we could be. And God gives all the credit. The way I see it, the specific season we're in from Jubilee to COVID caution, it's more than, you know, to me, it's more than one we're supposed to get through, but one we're meant to bear through, if that makes sense. And I want to piggyback off my own experiences. I've been talking a lot about the Jubilee journey here, but I want to expand it out to what, you might be walking through a completely different set of settings and situations and circumstances. The season that we're in is more than one we're supposed to get through, but one we're supposed to bear through. We're meant to bear through it. The question is, in our various conflict resolutions, our troubleshootings, what are we bearing, or in some cases forbearing, along the way? Well, I'm still seeking God for solutions. What I can say is sometimes all we can do is stay the course. I know God will set our path straight, especially when we cry out, Lord, make your ways straight and establish my steps in ways that only you can. I yield to your higher power, higher will, and higher love for my life. You cover me. And... Again, I encourage you, I implore you to express gratitude when you find yourselves being pulled and stretched in different directions. God is up to something good, and it may not feel that way. In fact, it it should feel uncomfortable. Again, I'm still trying to figure all of this out. But tying it to some recent observations, I, I see a lot of people, a lot of colleagues who are forcing restarts in their life from marriage and relationships to work and church life. People are abandoning ship in a lot of different ways. They're prematurely cutting bait with their, you know, with their jobs, their occupations, their with marriage, a lot of divorces I'm, I'm seeing, relationships, friendships just being left, uh, you know, no word. It's just kind of see ya <laughs> without saying see ya. And as all this is happening, I'm finding this pattern of people wanting to manufacture tranquility. They want to be a peacemaker, but they, they're not really being a peacemaker per the Gospels. They're looking to make peace however they can. And in this case, the word picture I get is, you know, how do we restart our computers? Sometimes 
we find that our browser and application, maybe our network is being funky, you know, we, we sense that we need to restart and that's fine and there's a healthy way to do that. Sometimes though, even just to get to that point of restarting, we have to wait a little bit, maybe a few minutes. And how many of you have ever forced a restart on your computers where you just held down the power button until it turned off and it came back on again? And maybe you saved yourself a couple seconds. That's pretty much it. You actually put your computer at risk. Well, maybe not so much for a virus, but, you know, it's... It, it, it's an unhealthier move for the laptop or the computer in question to manually force a restart from what I understand. It could potentially harm your computer to do that, especially if it's a a habit. And that's how people are approaching hardships and obstacles and challenges in their life right now. Or even if it may not be even a challenge, it's maybe people just crave a clean slate. They don't know how to do it except to quit or withdraw it or isolate. And I know that when we talk about the last 18 months, isolation, there's, there's, a healthiness to social isolation in moderation. I'm not going to get into all that. I think there's been an overcorrection, uh, but a lot of people have been using COVID to channel greater benevolence. I want to acknowledge both sides. Some people have responded well to the chaos that COVID has brought on. Uh, social isolation, though, and the disorientation is because of it. Certainly a reality, and it's been talked about so often. I don't want to repeat what you guys probably have heard nonstop on replay. But the main thing is, in saying this, it's really a question I want to throw at you. And that is, why would we rush to refresh? Why do we want to blank our slates so much as opposed to conquering with confidence? Honestly, your guess is as good as mine. It's part of what I'm trying to figure out. I just know for me, with the whole Ghibli thing, as I continue to struggle amidst the unrest, I have to come to this point of embracing a holy dependence that isn't withdrawn like the trends around me. What I'm learning in my walk with God, with Liss, even at Foundation Group, the sweet reminder that the greatest victories are shared and bared. As much as we want to thrive, as much as we crave a new chapter, We can't possibly get there without partnering in weakness with what God, with what and whom God has already established in our midst. Goes back to the quote that was mentioned, that I talked about earlier. The feel of faith is not strength, but dependent weakness. And this is convicting for me because a lot of times I will embrace my weakness, but I do it independently. (laughs) I I do it in, in ways that no one could possibly see just content in my own quiet time behind closed doors and I think it's great for that to be a starting point but we have to get back and be intentional and engaging community and people and relationships because that's you know God's love is meant to be reproduced and not just something that we store internally I think a lot of us were you know, in a spiritual sense, we're encountering this cabin fever. We don't know how to process it. We're storing all this self-preservation being a common antidote. And it's part of that forced reset. We just want to begin again, but is it God's begin again? That's my question to you. My, and a, another charge. 
for those who are trying to keep heart, take heart, but feel like you're, all you're doing is losing heart, you can struggle and live abundantly at the same time. You can live in fullness and feel like everything around you is falling apart. Again, it's it's a catch-22, but hear me. Please don't disengage what your challenges are tied to, but rather engage the reason you've been entrusted to overcome them. It may take some time, perhaps a year or two or ten, but together we will get there. Even in this great resignation that we're in, a lot, you know, I really believe that scholars and uh, historians will look back at the next this decade that we're in currently as one of the great resignation. Don't feel like that gives you the reason to just pull the plug on everything. Don't sign off yet, at least until God says it's time. And to know that, you're going to have to draw nearer and closer to God. And tying it, Jubilee back into it, we've been compelled to do that. We've been no choice to live life on our knees of late as we've had to surrender our rhythms and certain levels of comfort, even privacy and intimacy. But to me, my perspective has sharpened during this time. I found that as I embrace my weakness in light of, you know, in the contrast of God's strength, and I am doing that with my wife, with my family, with people who are committed to praying for me, I've seen love like never before. You know, I've received love like never before as of late. And the support and the prayers have been overwhelming. I thank you for those who are hearing and you've been a part of that. I've seen goodness to a whole different degree. And I wouldn't have felt that or tasted that had, you know, not this, the, the Jubilee story hadn't happened. There's silver linings all over the place. Are you going to put yourself in position to acknowledge them? Don't just get stuck on the awareness of them, if so. Use the fire that you're in as the reason to not chase after God's fire, but to receive it. What do I mean by fire? It's the intensity. It's, it's that. It's the overflow, again, of who God is. I know I'm kind of contrasting fires here. There's the fire, the hell that we're walking through. But there's also the fire, the that holy burn of who God is that is near to us. Talk about burning the right way. It's not just passion. It's a byproduct of wrestling faithfully with Him, struggling with Him, inviting God into that. And you you find yourself resonating with this connection. You feel cold on the inside, but you find you know you you find that you're being warmed up again by the closeness of God, by His this providence, His sovereignty, His love, like a warm blanket covering those cold spots and maybe that's what I mean more by fire on the God side of the equation but I just wanted to take some time to share some thoughts here Uh, I really wanted to process some of this with you and if you have any questions if you're going through 
really, if you're going through trying times right now, listen, I want to hear from you. We want to pray with you, most importantly. We want to encourage you. We want to love on you any way we can. We're not the only ones going through difficulty. But certainly, we want to use... We want to be transparent about how we're being inspired and hopeful to inspire you to keep going and to stay the course, to keep running the race well. That's why we're here. That's why we'll continue to be here. All right. My time is up, guys. Thanks for listening. Hope you guys have a wonderful rest of the weekend. And as I always say, I'll catch you on the fry. Peace.